Welcome to the Reynolds Hotbox. You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 The Reynolds Hotbox. This week, you are listening to me, your host, Alex Kuro, along with my fellow reporters, Andrew Zucker and Vanessa de la Cruz. Vanessa de la Cruz, who's all the way from Colombia, and if she sounds a little stuffy, she does have allergies. To everything. To everything. (laughs) So today, all three of us are going to be talking about something that is kind of near and dear to our hearts, which is tourism. We're going to be talking about how it can be negative at times, right? How this colonial mindset can come in and exploit countries. I was in the Peace Corps, which I think can be one of the number one colonizing agencies of the U.S. government. So I can talk about that later. But we thought that this could be relevant for the UNR population for anyone thinking about traveling or studying abroad. So, Andrew, want to kick us off? Yeah, hi. I I was fortunate enough to spend this summer uh, with the USAC study abroad living in Santiago, Chile. So I lived there for two months. For years, I've been a world traveler. I really have been fortunate in my life to be very close friends with a lot of people who were immigrants to the United States. And through that, I was able to learn a lot of things that most citizens don't really interact with, you know, kind of the processes of immigration and the difficulties that they face, the sort of the biases that they face in society and and what it's like to be in America from an outsider's point of view. Then in Santiago, I, I got to be the foreigner for a couple of months. And that was a really uh, life-changing experience. Vanessa de la Cruz. <laughs> In my case, uh, I not only come from Colombia, I have seen firsthand and experienced firsthand how many tourists go and visit my city and my country. But then I'm also right now living in the U.S. So I am a part of that people that move from other countries to the U.S. to look for better opportunities. I think with many things in life, it is not black and white right? We kind of live in this gray area. I'm not going to stop traveling. No. But I think there maybe is an ethical way to do it, or at least this conversation is important for us to have. I think for those of us who travel quite a bit, it's kind of eye-opening. This summer when I was in Chile, it seemed like I was a baller. Getting a meal out on the town that would cost 80 bucks in Reno was like $25 in Santiago. And so just the difference in how I went about things based on the, the dollar value of my home country and my currency to where I was really informed my experience. But on the on the other hand, it's really important to say that anytime I've traveled, I haven't been going just to throw my money around and exploit everybody that's there. I mean, the way that you approach it is definitely really informing, like, what your values are and what your intentions are. And Vanessa, as someone who is from Colombia and has seen some of this negative tourism, how do you view tourists in your city of Medellin? Five, ten years, I used to think it was great. And I can say my, my city was very welcoming and we prepared a lot of parents and plants and neighborhoods, like complete neighborhoods for tourists because we wanted that kind of attention and we wanted to bring people because in the 80s, my city was known for violence, drugs, you know, Pablo Escobar, narcos, all of that. So nobody wanted to come to Colombia, let alone my city. Like it was bad, like everybody was scared. So we, of course, were trying to bring tourists. But now it's gotten to a point which is very 
different. And now if you go to my city, you will see posters that say gringos go or no welcome or we don't want colonizers, all of that. Like it's turning around because the intentions of the tourists have changed. And now it's very like it's predominant to see sex tourism and drug tourism. Now when I go back home and I am trying to board a flight and all I see is like, Groups of 10 men waiting to go to my city and there's no other women with them. I know what they are going for. And now when I see them, it's like I kind of get mad. But then I also think like I am here in the U.S. And I know many Americans hate the idea of immigrants, especially Latinos, stealing jobs and things like that. So it's like... I don't know. It's a very hard topic. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. And that is why we are on the hot box today talking about some of the darker parts of tourism, because if there is any students at UNR that are thinking about studying abroad or going abroad, like this is important to think about, about your impact. And me, Vanessa and Andrew will get right back into that after this quick message. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcasts. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School of, of Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. Thanks for listening to that great advertisement for the Reynolds Hotbox, which you are listening to right now with your host, Alex Kuro, and we're talking about tourism and some of the darker aspects of this. So let's jump back into it by talking about my experience in Colombia. I was in, in Colombia. I went as a tourist <laughs> and I went to this park, Parque Lleras. Is that how you say it? Yeah, El Parque Lleras. And I saw that there were all of these women who were prostitutes, right? And then there was just American men everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was jarring to see that. And they had obviously come there for like bachelor parties or these things mm -hmm. to find women. And most of these women were underage, I would have to say. I think it's interesting that, I, you know, when they, you talk about them changing the whole neighborhoods and basically gearing all this local infrastructure and economy toward tourism, I... I pretty sure the intention was not for it to end up like it is now mm -hmm. and have it be sex tourism and drug tourism. But even in that process, the local stakeholders who lived in those neighborhoods had no say. And mm -hmm. so maybe it was a, a Medellin city initiative to increase tourism dollars. And that's all, all fine and good. But what happened to those people who lived there before? It makes me think a lot of actually the U.S. state or I guess occupation of Hawaii. where the word on the street in the mainland is always, oh, Hawaii loves our tourism dollars. Hawaii depends on our tourism dollars. But when I was actually there and I started speaking with some locals and some native Hawaiians who happened to be political separatists, they talked about, yes, maybe the tourist dollars flow in, but they flow right back out because it's all big corporations from the mainland who own everything. So for whoever in, in Medellin had this initiative, hey, we're going to make this a tourist place, they probably didn't foresee that it would end up like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you read the news right now, gentrification, Airbnbs, and things that are happening here in the U.S. too are happening back there. And, like, people who used to live in this neighborhood, El Poblado, which is, like, the, the biggest problematic right now in the city, they used to live there for years. And now their houses are being, like, taken away from there and so they can transform them into Airbnbs because they know that will give more money because tourists are going to live specific, specifically in that neighborhood. But then others are living from the tourism and sexual tourism and drug mm -hmm. tourism. So for some is good, for some is bad. 
Do you know in Colombia what are the laws about that, about sexual tourism or prostitution? It is legal. They are trying to get more rights for the prostitutes because it is legal, but there is no rights. But then the city is known for that, for the, that kind of prostitution. I will say the, the women in my city are beautiful, of course, and they are very attractive to many men. So, and also it's like a mix of things, the narco culture, like, you know, reggaeton, uh, having money, having women and going to parties, doing drugs, all of that is part of a narco culture that is very strong in my city. So that's why I will say it happens so much and we all see it and it's, it's just wild. Again, we're on the hot box with Alex, Andrew, and Vanessa, and we are talking about tourism. And we've kind of gone down this rabbit hole to start talking about sexual tourism. Andrew? When you talk about the, you know, sort of the narco trafficking and the narco tourism, the sexual tourism, those are those are really obvious bad examples of harm that is caused by the sort of exploitation, the idea that people with money from more developed countries can just jet wherever they want and drop in and party and have a good time. But there's so much exploitation that goes on with travel and tourism. And even you have human smugglers trying to get immigrants into new countries. At every level of this, there's somebody who can be exploited to the benefit of somebody else. And that is when we talk about the new colonialism. To me, that is how it works. There's an extension of the idea that if we're the wealthy European, Australian, North American countries, we have carte blanche to go wherever we want, throw our money around, extract whatever we want, and uh, and that's totally fine. And so people who maybe are, you know, living in an expat community in South America or Central America, like Costa Rica has a huge expat community, they probably don't think of themselves as exploiters or parasites or even a social problem. But if their economic influence when they arrive in a new place changes the local economy, changes the local customs, takes people out of their houses, collapses industries and props up other industries, then I, I see it exactly as a direct form of, of colonialism in the, in the same way. Only now it's just for fun. And I mean, I went into the Peace Corps. I lived in Guatemala. I lived in a small village of like 100 people. And I don't know how many white women they'd ever been exposed to. And I don't think I helped them a lot. Like, I went there with the purest intentions, right? But the idea that I knew more than these people who lived in this area for so long and knew the land, and I was helping them with agricultural initiatives. It's like, what the fuck? Wait, that out. <laughs> do I know about that? Nothing. And so I had to do a lot of grappling with that and what... I ultimately gained was that the biggest thing I was doing was making connections. Like my host family, I still talk to them today. They became my family. So I think in that aspect, like sharing cross-culturally is really important. But we do have to sit there and think like what business does an American governmental organization have mm -hmm. going into these small areas of, of Guatemala to like bring peace? Is it to bring peace or are we trying to colonize? Seems more like colonization to me. <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, maybe you're a young person, you're idealistic, you're in the Peace Corps, you're like thinking, I'm doing a good thing. But I'm glad you went through that and had that realization. I had a moment in Santiago where I was feeling a little stressed out about American politics and my life here in the United States and I was walking around a beautiful neighborhood and I started thinking, well, I could move to Santiago. I could bring my family. We could live. We could be expats in Chile. And I even looked up like real estate prices and compared my value of my home in Nevada versus what I could buy there. And then something just stopped me in my tracks. It was just the thought, well, 
well, why? Like, what do, what do I, what am I going to bring here? And why do I deserve to be able to just pick up and come buy property in a country where other people might struggle to buy that property? I, I moved to the U.S. a year ago to study. And now I, I feel like I have changed some ideas too that I had about being back home. Of course, I want to go back and live in Colombia. I love my country. Being here, I'm earning dollars, right? I'm not earning Colombian pesos anymore. So I remember one time the dollar was like 5,000 Colombian pesos, which is a lot. Right now it's like 4,000. So it was starting to be better for Colombians. And I was like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's bad for me because I'm sending money back home. So it's going to be less money for them. But then I was thinking like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that I am thinking like that because it's all that I've always criticized. So it was like a good moment of realization that even me coming from my country can do the same harm if I'm thinking with these ideas. All right. So final thoughts. Mm -hmm. Is tourism good, bad, in between? Should people be living abroad? I think selfishly people should be living abroad. We should be spreading cultures. Andrew? I agree. And I love the cultural exchange. Like, I, I lived in a host family and a host dad's house in Santiago, and he's, you know, going to be like a friend for life. Like, we're family now, like you said, you know. But because there's such a dark side about it, and you can't really police everyone's activity and everyone's attitude, you know, it's, it's complicated. So, yeah, I, I think tourism can be good, but so often it... it, it it has a really negative impact on the locals. I think it comes from uh, the moment you're choosing where to go and why and with what intentions. Like, you can buy for $250 a private dinner with a 15 women back home. $300 you can buy a party in a rooftop for up to 100 people, including a lot of women. So what are you buying? Like, I will say, what is your intention? I, I think that's really well said. And if you are looking at it like, you know, the world is my playground and I can have whatever I want. That's very different than if you're like, hey, I can't wait to go learn about Colombia or I can't wait to go be in Guatemala or Chile, you know? that's It's just really different, but who decides? We're not God. <laughs> All right. Well, you have been listening to the Reynolds Hotbox with Alex. Andrew. And Vanessa. And you have been going down this tourism rabbit hole with us, so thank you. And if you are so inclined, please follow the Reynolds Sandbox on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to the Hotbox Podcast. <laughs>